0: Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD. And for those listening for the first time, uh, my blog is at sexwithinmarriage.com, where I blog about married sexuality from a Christian perspective. Today, uh, I thought I'd talk a bit about uh, some similarities between marriage and our walk with God. Because uh, the Bible makes a lot of comparisons to Uh, between marriage and between, uh, yeah, our relationship with God. And recently I've been talking to, uh, one of my readers who's been asking a lot of questions about, well, about Christianity. Uh, I'm not going to say her name because I didn't ask her if I can, but she grew up in a very, uh, works kind of based denomination. And I have friends who've worked, grew up in the same sort of scenarios. Same sort of denominations where uh, your salvation is often kind of dependent on the things that you do, and it's a struggle to kind of get over that mindset and to change uh, how you think about God and how you think about Christianity and about your faith and about your salvation. So I thought I might just share a bit what kind of my views of salvation are and how they intersect kind of with my views of marriage as well. So one of the problems with reading, uh, all these blogs about marriage and listening to podcasts about marriage and reading books about marriage and all this other stuff is sometimes we get too focused on the kind of do's and don'ts. You know, the make sure you have date nights and make sure you communicate like this and make sure, you know, you don't say this and make sure you do these things. And in Christianity, we, we often get kind of really focused on the do's and don'ts as well, about what days, you know, you have to go to church on this day and you need to, you know, do these things and don't do these other things. And while I think it's important to recognize that these guidelines, they they have their place and they're good to follow. You know, it's not a bad idea to have regular date nights. It's not a bad idea to go to church every week. Uh, it's not a Bad idea to read your Bible every day is not a bad idea to tell your spouse you love them every day, but it is very possible to do these things to go through the motions and have them still mean absolutely nothing. So the tasks themselves don't really have any weight to them in terms of saving either your marriage or saving or being saved yourself. Because ultimately, salvation is a gift from God, and our marriage is sort of a gift from our spouse. And our marriage vows are very similar kind of to the vows that God makes to us. Um, God promises to never leave us and never to forsake us. Uh, our spouses promise to remain faithful and to never leave us. And the big difference between God and our spouse, of course, is that God is infallible, and God's love is perfect, and it is endless. And when he says he will never leave us, he really means he will never leave us. Uh, So our biggest problem is that we might leave him. Uh, In a marriage, it's a little bit different. We have two imperfect people married together, and sometimes when we say, you know, I will love you forever— we don't always follow through with that, but still, I think there are a lot of underlying principles that we can draw that have a lot of similarities between these two relationships. And the biggest underlying principle is that it's all about the relationship. Uh, everything else really hinges still on this relationship. You know, some people will say, Oh, you have to say this certain prayer in order to be saved. You need to be baptized in order to be saved. You need to do any number of other things in order to be safe. Uh, I've heard people say, you know, if your hair is not the right way, you're not saved. If you don't tithe, then you're not saved. If you don't speak in tongues, then you're not saved. If you don't go to church on, take Sabbath as a day off, then you're not saved. If if you don't do Lord's Supper every week, you're not saved. If you don't go to confession, then you're not saved. And all these things, you know. We build these rules to say, Oh, if you don't do this, if you don't do this, or you don't do this. And we do it in marriage too. You know, I've, I've seen on the boards people make comments. Oh, if my spouse ever did that, I would leave. If my spouse didn't do this, then I would leave. And they make these rules. And too often we can get caught up in these rules and we completely forget that the rules ultimately don't matter. What really matters is the relationship underneath. And we as humans, we are going to screw up continuously. And by continuously, I mean like almost every minute of every day, we are sinning. Unless we're unconscious, and even then I'm not quite sure that we're not. Because the Bible tells us, you know, that everything in our heart continuously is, is always evil uh, without God. And so, how then can we possibly have any chance of salvation, uh, or having it based on anything that we do, if nothing that we can do can ever be even good, let alone good enough? And ultimately, it can't be. Ultimately, I think the Bible boils down to, do you want to be with God? And this reader, I think, put it, I think perfectly the other day, and I hope it's okay that I share this, but she said, you know, if I can't love God, then I don't want to live. And I think that's the ultimate kind of expression of a Christian, to say, you know, I want to be with God so badly that if I can't be, I don't want to exist anymore. And I think that's really what the Bible constantly affirms as the requirement for salvation. You know, that you recognize that you need God, and more importantly, you accept Him as your Creator, as Him loving you, and to say, I want that in my life, and I want to be with Him. And in our marriage, it's a lot of the same way. You know, we recognize that we're flawed, we recognize that we don't deserve our spouse, really. That's not how this thing works out. We can't ever look at this like an equation of, oh, well, I do this for her and she does this for me, and so we equal out and that's that makes a good marriage. You know, that's that's very much what the world tries to tell us marriage is, is this contract where you have a give and take. But in Christianity, our marriages are not supposed to be like that. They're supposed to be like our relationship with God, which means we decide that I want to be with this person no matter what that changes the playing field quite a bit. Because now you're no longer doing things just so that you'll get stuff back. Uh, just like we don't uh tithe just so that we'll receive blessings. You know, God tells us, oh, you know, test me, you know, try me with tithes and see how many blessings I give back. But it, it's never meant to be a, hey, this is an investment. You know, <laughs> if you give X number of dollars, I'll return you 150%. That's not how it works. It, it, it turns out that we do get blessings, but our ultimate goal shouldn't be that, oh, I'm giving this money in order to get something better back. Our goal should, it, it should be based on a relationship of, I appreciate God, I appreciate the things that he gives me to be steward over, and I want to return part of it to help him work in his kingdom. And same thing with, with other things. Um, for example, I... I don't drink because uh, when the Bible tells me that Christians should be sober-minded, and I have this book from my creator who's saying, this is how you should honor your body, which I'm giving to you, and you are a steward over. I look at that and say, okay, well, if you think that the best way to do that is not to drink, then I'm not going to drink because ultimately this is your temple, and I only have temporary kind of reign over this thing. Uh, I'm only steward of this thing for a very short time. And it's not that, oh, well, if I drink, then I think I'm going to go to hell, or if I drink, I think that my salvation will be lost. It's that I choose not to drink because that's how I want to honor God who gave me this body. And so I want us to start thinking about our relationship with God in that same way as we think about our relationship with our spouse. It shouldn't be all about, oh, well, if I don't do this, then she's going to be angry, or if I do do this, then, oh, well, my husband will get me this thing. You know, we shouldn't be thinking, oh, well, you know, if I have an affair, then I might get a divorce and lose the kids. You know, it shouldn't be that, oh, if I hide this bill from my spouse, then, uh, then they won't be angry with me and, you know, they won't cut me off from sex or something like that. Instead, our goal should always be towards building a better relationship. And sometimes that means sharing in the like the really good stuff to say, "Hey, this is what's going on with me that I'm really excited about." And sometimes it means sharing in the not so good stuff of, "Hey, I found a bill that I forgot to pay, and you should know that." And with God, it's the same thing. Sometimes you know we get to share stuff and and, and just praise Him and say, you know, "Thank you for for giving us this world." <laughs> As much as we're destroying it, we still appreciate that that you created it for us, even if it doesn't always seem like it. And sometimes that means going to God and say, "Look, I screwed up again. I'm still trying, and I'm still going to keep failing, but I'm going to try to be better." And I think ultimately that's what God wants from us: is that He knows we well, we won't be perfect, uh, but what I think more what He wants is that we we try that we desperately want to be with him, and that we want to have a relationship with him. And I think that's what most spouses want, too. They don't want their spouse to be perfect, uh, because that's a fantasy and it's not realistic. What they really want is a spouse that really wants to be with them, uh, to build a relationship, to build something that's really intimate and vulnerable together. And to be so close in kind of mind and in, in purpose that they that they approach the the world as like a unified team in the same way that God you know wants His Spirit to live in us so that we can go out into the world uh, kind of with that mind of Christ and be Christ to the world. You now in our marriages it's a little bit different. We kind of have to to become one uh, and we both kind of share that because we're both imperfect and we're trying the best that we can. Uh, with God it's very different. We ha- we have a perfect one, so we we need to adopt all of him instead of him adopting us <laughs> parts of us. But still there's a still underlying intimacy of being so alike in mind and in purpose and in will to say, you know, we're unified in this and we're going to live together in harmony. And so this doesn't invalidate the rules or the guidelines or anything like that, uh, any more in our marriage than it does, uh, in our relationship with God. You know, it's still important to keep Sabbath. It's still important to, uh, on our bodies in the way that, uh, he said, uh, be it regarding alcohol or smoking or what foods we eat. Uh, It's still important to rest on Sabbath. It's still important uh, not to murder and not to steal and not to lie and to worship only God and to not use his name in vain and all the other myriad of commandments that he gave. Uh, They're all designed to kind of give us these fence posts to show us you know, how to do this thing called love because we are not very good at doing it kind of natively. You know, left to our own devices, we will do the opposite of whatever love is. And the same thing in our marriages. You know, we write these blogs and uh, produce these podcasts so that people can kind of get an idea. Uh, so that they can see, you know, this is what you do in a loving relationship. You know, you don't cheat on your spouse. You don't go watch porn. You don't go masturbate by yourself. You don't uh, start looking at other women or other men. Uh, you just remain focused on your spouse and you do things because you love them and you try to live generously, whether that be washing the dishes or whether that be having sex when maybe you don't exactly feel like it that night. You know, Or maybe it means not having sex when you really feel like it that night because your spouse is exhausted. Uh, All these things, you know, they're all designed to point back to a relationship. Uh, That's what's really important. And if you keep the relationship in mind, if you focus on that, the rest of it will come. The rules will fall into place all on their own. Know, be it about marriage or with God, you know, if you really love your spouse, you won't commit adultery uh, because you'll be so focused on them, you won't even notice the other people. You know, uh same with if you are really focused on God, then you you won't put things in fr- other things in front of Him, you know, b- because everything else will seem insignificant compared to God. And that's how it should be. You know, we should do these things for our spouses and for God with this same kind of fervor, that same love uh, that that really drives us and makes the rest of the world sort of fall away. And then all, all the rules, all the guidelines, all the things that we teach, they they will just start to come more naturally because it will be God's love living within us. Uh that's why I think, you know, if you really want the best way to make your marriage better, make your relationship with God better. Because ultimately there there's nothing you can do by yourself that's you know gonna be good enough. But if you draw closer to God, more of Him will become a part of you and then you can really do some amazing stuff in your marriage. And that's basically what I wanted to say. And I I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to have disagreements with me about this, especially about the whole theology part. Uh if you want to send me an email and uh discuss, I'd be more than happy to. Uh but I hope that it might change some people's mindsets about marriage, about why the thing, why we do the things that we do. And For all the talk that we do about, uh, kind of sexual activities and about communication and, uh, about statistics and everything else on the blog and in the podcast, you know, it's all built on this desire to let you have a better relationship, you know, to communicate better, uh, to be in sync, to be open and honest with one another. And so that's it for this week. You can check out the blog. Uh, again, we've got our marriage challenge up, uh, also did a couple of posts this week. Uh one of them called Do wives actually enjoy giving oral sex and then a part two, do husbands actually enjoy giving oral sex? And uh they're getting a ton of comments. Like like way more than I usually get. So if you want to jump in on that conversation, uh, it might be interesting. Uh there's a lot of different viewpoints there. A lot of people with very <laughs> uh different experiences in their marriage and feel free to drop by and share yours as well and that's it for now i will be back again next wednesday with another podcast episode see ya